What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. And we're both in Texas right now. I know we're both in Texas. I keep, I always forget, I've known you for like over a decade, Caroline. We've known each other for a long time and we're both from Texas. It's so crazy. Where did we meet? Where was it? Because I've known you from like the beginning of my college experience at Belmont. I remember being at Belmont and we met through a couple friends. I mean, you know, back then it's like you're trying to get your feet wet and meet people. So you're always going out, going to writer's rounds. I think we just met out maybe. I think so. I know. I know. And then 10 years goes by. It's like, how does that happen? And I hadn't seen you in a couple of years until just recently because you moved back to Texas yep. from Nashville. Coronavirus hit. I mean, I, it's just like it's so easy to have such long periods of time go by without seeing someone. But I feel like I've just known you my whole adult life in Nashville. No, I know. I mean, we – it's unbelievable. I moved at 18 to Nashville, had a complete whirlwind of 13 years when I lived there and then kind of got burned out and just was ready to come back home to Texas. And now I'm kind of back. <laughs> I know. I feel that way too. I feel torn between Texas and Nashville all the time. And I think that, and you have such a strong family. Obviously we're going to talk about that. The Bradshaw bunch is new on E, which I turned on E the other day Literally, I was just like flipping through channels, and all of a sudden, I see you on E! with your family. Terry Bradshaw is your dad, and he is obviously such an amazing football player, an amazing character, actor. I mean, he is hilarious, and y'all as a family are just hysterical. I mean, I really love watching y'all. It is so weird. The other day, I had on 
eat as well. And our marathon was on and I'm like, this is so not normal. I'm still not used to it or people will screenshot it and send it to me. But it's, um, it's just when we started filming, everything came together and like, it's like our family just kind of like the charisma just blew up. And then I guess E and the viewers loved it, but it's, I'm still in this like weird bubble. It's so, it's so interesting. Okay, so I want to get to that because I want to know how that came about because you're made for your face, your personality, your talent. You are made to be seen. Like you are one of those girls who is just so beautiful and talented. And I mean, it's not no shocker to me at all when I saw this on E. I was like, this it makes so much sense. Like all of you guys are <laughs> just like you. such amazing characters, so beautiful and just like like you said, the charisma as a family is amazing. But tell me how you got to this point, because what a journey you had in Nashville before you moved back to Texas and your whole family. What a journey all of y'all have had. Y'all have had all different careers all over the place to have that moment come together. Has to be so special. But tell me about your journey beforehand. Yeah. So just like how the show came about. Well, just talk to me about Nashville first, your experience in Nashville, and then why you moved back to Dallas or Denton outside of Dallas, and then how the show came about. Just, you know, everything in one fell swoop. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, 18 moved to Nashville cause I always wanted to be a country music singer. And my parents were like, you, you're not moving unless you go to college. So I got into Belmont and I just like hit the ground running. I, I, I never, I never drank. Like I was all about studying and you know, making the best grades. And I kind of landed, um, Dan Huff's brother actually. And I met through this, um, amazing songwriter, Shane Miner. And he's like, you guys should, you guys should get together and write a couple songs. I wrote like five songs, immediately got a publishing deal. And then, um, that was like just year two. So Dan Huff is one of the biggest producers in Nashville. That's who she's talking about, who she met. And to get a publishing deal, I think if people who've listened to my podcast, I've covered publishing and talked to a lot of songwriters, but a publishing deal is where you are paid to write songs. And it is like the job that every songwriter wants to get when they move to Nashville, because then you, sometimes you get like a publishing deal, you still have to work part-time. But a lot of times if you get a publishing deal, then you can just fully focus on being a songwriter because you're getting paid to write songs. So it's a huge deal to get a publishing deal that young. Yeah, it was really out of the blue. And I'm like, wow, this is so easy. And so <laughs> then I, became, which I, little did I know, then I became really close friends. I was going out now and I was kind of like, I was working and writing music and then also trying to, you know, get a degree as quick as possible so I could focus solely on music. And I ran into, um, I'll never forget the night. It was Jamie Johnson, Dallas Davidson, Rob Hatch. These are all um, just now they're just like the biggest songwriters in Nashville. Huge, huge deals now. At the time, everybody was still figuring it out. And I met Jared Neiman and him and I became very good friends and wrote this song called What Do You Want? And shortly after, um, this is year three of me being in Nashville, he's text me and says, Hey, I got a record deal and I'd love to release what do you want as a single as my second single? Well, his first single went number one and then our single went number one as well. I think it went number two, number one or number two. And so any, your voice was the girl, your voice is the girl voice on that song. It is. And then I was in the video with him. So here I am like just at the you know world at my feet, success and just, um, just having a ball. And then I graduated college with a, ba or a business degree. And um, then I got a record deal. And 
fast forward. You must have thought like, man, this is just so easy. Like you said, like I just came here to town. I, I'm in school. I'm doing great. I got a publishing deal. I'm getting paid to write songs. I'm meeting the best songwriters in town. I'm meeting new artists. And oh my God, now I got a single on the radio. And oh my God, it went number one. Oh my God, I'm singing on the song and I'm in the music video. And what are you thinking? Like, are you thinking like, I got this. I'm thinking, you know, at 20, what was I, at this point, I'm 25, 26. I was just like, this is just the best life ever. I mean, I love country music and I love the business and, and then things kind of took a turn. Um, so I had just, you know, all the success, everything that you could possibly imagine. And then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of, I, I, you know, I really want to meet somebody and I had dated here and there, but um, was really ready to meet someone. All my friends were getting married. Um, I think I'm 26 at this point. So I then met um, my um, husband at the time, um, my late husband, but he played for the Titans. He was the kicker, Rob Ronis for the Titans. And we just fell in love very quickly and um, had this whirlwind romance. And so I kind of set music to the side a little bit and I still had a record deal, but I had done so much work. I was ready to be kind of, I wanted to be in love and like, and enjoy my personal life. Cause I had really put that on the back burner. And so we got married, had this amazing, beautiful wedding. And then shortly after he passed away in a car wreck and my world just completely went dark and, um, 27, you know, I'm widowed and, it was like, you know, just a bomb exploded in my face and I just was at a loss with life. And so, um, you know, imagine, you know, going through that at that age, having all this positive stuff, stuff happen. And so I, um, I still continued. I, I tried to make music be, you know, my healing medicine and just try to focus on that. And it just didn't work out. I spent a couple years after that trying to you know, I was partying too much. I was just, um, I was lost. I, I really needed to come back home and, and get my heart back together and my mind and just, I was just broken. And so that's what brought me back to Texas a couple years after still trying to make the music thing work. It was just not happening. I, I didn't even want to write music anymore. In fact, I kind of hate it. Was it hard to live in Do Nashville? That. Was it hard to be in Nashville? Was it hard to carry on? Cause I know you stayed for a while, but I mean, how, how do you carry on when everything gets flipped upside down like that? You don't, I tried so hard to make it work and to the point where it was unhealthy. And so every street I turned down every, even friends of mine, it was hard to, to hang out with friends and it was hard to go to certain restaurants. And I knew after a couple years, it just got worse. And I was like, you know, Nashville, for me, Nashville is an unhealthy environment and I need to get away. And that was the best decision I've ever made just to get away. And that's what a lot of people with tragedy, you know, you try to, you can't keep seeing the same things and talking to the same people. Sometimes you just have to, to walk away for a second. And have a fresh start, like have to have like a reset. So it's not just all you, so you can give yourself the space to heal and to try to, to grow in a different way instead of just being flooded every second of every day probably yeah you're flooded and you're cloudy of, of the mind and and then i was i was turning to the wrong people and you know i i kind of tried to date a couple times and that was they were disasters and it was all it was a me thing for sure i was just i was just lost and i was trying to go into, go into therapy but 
you know, and then also in, in Nashville, it was a very public situation. So everybody knew me at that point, whether it was bad or good, you know, a situation that tragic, you know, people associate you with that. And so it was really difficult to pretend everything's normal when I wanted it to be normal. But outside looking in, I was just very broken and needed, um, really just needed my family because I'm so close with them and I'd been away from them for so long. And so I packed my shit up and I was like, bye Nashville. I honestly never wanted to write music again. I really kind of just left Nashville in, in my dust. Um, that's what I needed at the moment. I, I quit talking to my friends. I just, I really just started a new life in Texas and, um, and for a couple of years, I just did real estate. Yeah. What did you do? How did you set up a new life in Texas? Because I've done that myself when Michael, totally different scenario, but like Michael and I broke up for a little while and I just needed to clear my brain and I'm not comparing my situation to yours at all, please. And for anyone listening, like Rachel went through something super tragic and I like have so much respect for the way you handled it. But I'm just saying I left my whole life in Nashville too. And I thought I would never come back. And then two years later I came back and it's, it's wonderful. And I, I understand needing that break, but how did you start your life over? Because I just started my life over in Texas and when I moved to Austin, cause I just, I, but I, did, I, I just met new friends. I got a new job. I threw myself out there, but it was so crazy. Like it was such a wild, just rebirthing of yourself at, at an adult age. And so how did you do that? Just coming through a tragedy leaving everything that you've worked for for the past 13 years behind. And now you're in Dallas with your family, your new job. You're like, you're not even doing music. You're doing real estate now. What it, what are those first few weeks and months and that year look like? Oh my gosh. And I remember Caroline, you did. I remember you and Michael breaking up and y'all been together for so long. And then you had to, you could just kind of have to reinvent yourself and, and when I, I literally, the entire 10 and a half hour drive to Dallas um, from Nashville to Texas was a ball fest because I knew I was literally just kind of crumbling up and pushing to the side, hard work, like 14 years of friendships and relationships and, you know, my favorite places and my favorite city. And I knew I had to just decline everything for a while and to heal myself. And, um, it was hard. It took me a solid year back in Texas to, you know, and I met some friends and, you know, I've met a couple of really solid friends, but, um, you know, then I'd go to on social media and I'd see all my friends still flourishing and, and, you know, more people getting married. And I was so jealous. I mean, I was so jealous because I wanted that life back so bad, but I knew it just wasn't healthy for me still. Um, but you know, I just, I was like, I'm just gonna, for me, kind of like, for me to, to, I'm a big dreamer. And so I was in my heart sort of settling. Um, I wanted to be in real estate, but I just was kind of dabbling in it and I actually kind of killed it for a while. <laughs> I, I'm a workaholic. And so I, I was selling, I sold like 8 million in real estate, which is unheard of my first year. That's all I did was work. I, it was insane. I, I, I was making great money. Um, but I, I, but in my heart was healing slowly though. I had my family and um, I would be with my family, you know, every weekend and go to my dad's ranch and go to my mom's ranch. And really, I was just kind of getting back to the basics of life, really. Um, but it was it was really tough leaving Nashville behind. I kept, you know, kind of like dabble back into looking at all my friends and um, and was really starting to miss Nashville after 
a couple years went by and I was really starting to feel my heart heal and my soul be refurbished. And, um, and then comes the TV show. <laughs> How did that come back? And really fast though, before we talk about the TV show, why was getting yeah. back to the basics so important to you? Because that's, I, I relate to you in my own personal way that like when I felt, when I felt lost, I wanted to just come back home and regroup and be with family. And why was that so important to you? And how did you heal? How did you heal your tragedy of losing your new husband? I mean, that's a big deal. Oh my God. It's a huge deal. Um, I, I think that home is my home will always be Texas. And I think just having that back to the basics, like here I am in Nashville on top of the world. And, you know, my best friends are all these famous country singers. And, you know, I, I, I marry this, you know, wonderful man. He's an NFL star. Like I, my life was so abnormal. And I also grew up in the spotlight. And so I've never had any sense of normalcy in my entire existence. And so coming back home and not being around a bunch of fame and not being around, you know, a lot of money and just a lot of things that took my mind away from just being a normal person, mm -hmm. hitting the ground running and asking for business. You know, real estate's a you know, real estate is a very hard business to get into. And I was having for the first time in my, in my life, I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't, I was like having to ask, Hey, do you want to sell a house? Hey, do you, do you want me to list your house? And it was a very vulnerable spot that I've never had to be in before. And it was very healthy for me to really know what it was like, even though I was working my butt off in Nashville, it came easy to me and I got success very easily. And so, you know, then my personal life took a turn for the worse. And so it just kind of like dumbed my mind down a little bit. And I think I needed that, that sort of normalcy that I'd never had in my entire life. And I could just feel every single day. I was in a lot of therapy in Texas. I was surrounding myself with lots of amazing like podcasts and really just like learning who I am as a woman. And, and I'd never taken any time to do that for myself and not wanting to fall in love. Like I love to me was just, almost gross. Like I just never wanted to meet anybody in this first time. I'd really let myself be completely alone. And that was my healing for me. And therapy really helped and not just therapy. I'm talking like trauma therapy and focused on my mind and my spirit. And so that, um, I could feel every day for a couple years, every day, my heart just started to get more full and I wasn't sad anymore. And I started to, you know, just be, just feel good. And I hadn't felt good in a really long time. So you really did the work with the therapy. Like you really, you didn't just stuff all of your emotions and your feelings and just move on and try to act like nothing happened. You went to work on it. Oh, I beat myself up. I put myself in boot camp. I mean, it was, it was the most, the toughest, it's like the best two years of my life, but the most tough two years because you're having to revisit a lot of tragedy that you kind of dumbed down and you, 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 you pocket it away because it is so painful to relive those things. And I, I went back and re, you know, reread some emails and some text messages and I revisited a time in my life that was um, horrific. It was a nightmare, but it was my, my trauma therapist, you know, the way that they, the way that they wanted me to really be able to heal was to revisit things that I never wanted to listen to again or, look at again. And so it was very painful. I, I did some intense emotional work. Wow. Okay. Two things. What did you learn about yourself and why did yourself fight to do that? Why did you tell your, why did you know you had to do that? And then what did you learn about yourself? 
I knew that I had to do that because at that age and going through something so traumatic and tragic and replaying, you know, a car wreck in your head every day and you will, it's a very unhealthy lifestyle. And I knew I would, I'm never going to meet somebody. I'm never going to get married and I'll never have a family of my own. If I don't really get to the bottom of this and heal, and you're always going to have those scars, those scars are, are never going to go away, but you can still be happy and meet a wonderful man and move on in your personal love life. And I just totally given up on that. So that was very important to me. And what was the second thing that you asked? And what did you learn about yourself? I learned how strong that I was. I had kind of never given myself a lot of credit and everyone around me just always was like, you're so strong and you're, you're so this and you're so that. And I never believed a word of it. I was like, God, you guys are just filling me up with a bunch of crap. And I learned just doing all of that hard work and moving and picking up and leaving like that. You know, I made some very big decisions about a lot of different parts of my life um, pretty quickly because I knew I needed to. And so after all the therapy and the time away, I realized, man, you're strong. Like you got this. You can really, I can really conquer anything I feel like. Wow. Okay. So here comes the show. Now all of a sudden you're back in Texas. You're spending all this time with your family. So it's really genuine. Like you, it's not like everyone moved to Texas to do the show. Like everyone's like hanging out already, hang, hanging with the family, living life on the farm. Back to the basics. How did the show come into your life? Yeah. So, um, yeah, all back in Texas, just living, nor living a normal life, having a great time. And my dad gets a call and he says, Hey girls, Tammy, do y'all want to do family feud? And of course, in my, my immediate thing is like, I don't want to be on TV. I don't want to do anything in the entertainment world. Like, screw it. I'm not going back there. And he goes, Rachel, it's family feud. It's not like I'm asking you to star a, a starring role in a movie. And we're like, okay, so we do family feud. And after family feud, we have this huge celebratory dinner, the whole family. And our, my dad's very good friend, his name is Jason Ehrlich. He produced a reality show that my dad did called better late than never with Henry Winkler, George Foreman, all those guys. It was pretty successful on, um, I think it was NBC. He stands up and he goes, you guys, I have a proposition for you. And I'm like, Oh God, what is this? And he said, I have talked to your dad about this. I've watched the family. I, I went to your dad's surprise 70th birthday and I got to see you guys intermingle. What if we pitched a reality show to a big network? And so we're all, you know, we'd had some wine. It was kind of late. We're all like, yeah, let's do it. Well, unbeknownst to us, they pitched the idea, E ate it up, and they were like, yeah, we want to, we'll buy the pilot, you know, do a pilot with a family. And so a few months go by, we filmed the pilot, still kind of thinking like, this is E Network. They're not going to, we're not cool enough. You know, we all just kind of like kind of brushed it to the side. Then a few months after that, we get the show and we're like, they were doing contracts and we're talking like, oh my God, we're doing a TV show. We're going to, it's going to be called the Bradshaw Bunch. And so all of a sudden, like everyone's worlds are completely turned upside down. Now we've got like, you know, 40 person crew and we are, when you film a reality show, I don't think people understand it is a big deal. I mean, they've got, you know, it, it I mean, it's just, yeah, 40 plus people. And I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's like kind of like filming a movie. What is the pressure like, or do you have any pressure for now? It's like, you've, what you've been, you've been, you worked so hard at Nashville to have like you know, a lot of success to be known. And then you kind of decided that you don't want that anymore. You're living this quiet life with your family. But now 
you have this opportunity that's fallen in your lap to be on one of the biggest networks and expose your whole family life and all of this. Like, what is that like? Is there pressure in everything you've gone through? Like, do you feel nervous? How do you plan out episodes? Do you just let it roll? How does it all come together? <laughs> yeah. So I was, oh, I was, I was absolutely horrified. I was petrified. And I've always thought it'd be so fun to do a reality show, but that was the old Rachel. That was the Rachel that wanted to be a singer and wanted to be famous. And at the time I wanted in the music industry, I, I got, I wanted all, I wanted it all, but in, it wasn't genuine. I wanted like to say you want to be famous. Like the old me just had the wrong version of success. And so now I'm so healthy and I'm healed and and I'm like, oh no, I'm not going back there. I don't want to be famous. I do not want to be labeled as a singer. And they're like, but you do sing, but you, but you love singing. And I'm like, no, I was so mean about it because I just, I had left that all behind and I closed that chapter. And yet little did I know that this TV show that I was having nightmares about every night, because I knew I was going to have to talk about my real life. And I was going to have to talk about, yeah, I've been married and, you know, and I was just like, how am I going to go back there? And the producer, I will give Jason this. He's one of the best producers of all time. He, he, we had like therapy sessions and in, in our green screen interviews and he's like, it's okay to talk about these things. And so I did. And like the more we were filming, then the episodes kind of just, they kind of just melt together, you know, as when you start filming, it's very nerve wracking, but then it's like, Hey guys, I've got this tomorrow. And then I'm, you know, I'm going on a date with this guy or my sister, it, it, they just kind of evolves. They episode ideas kind of fall into your lap, but, um, halfway through filming, I got an opportunity to sing God bless America at NASCAR. And I got in a knockdown drag out with like my dad, my family. They're like, you're a singer. You can do this. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I really don't want to do this anymore. And I never want to sing again. And, um, then, uh, COVID hit. And I started writing music on the piano. I've, I've always been a piano player. I hadn't written a song in almost three years. And that's kind of where me getting back into the music industry evolved was because of COVID <laughs> and the TV show. Dang. And, and so um, then the show aired and, um, and it was a total success and the numbers were amazing and i released a few songs and they the streamings did pretty damn well i was very surprised um it's really amazing what um what tv does for you or what it can do for especially now everything's about streaming or television and in the music industry and i want i want to do so many other things i don't want to just do music but i feel just kind of back at it i started coming back to nashville around october and revisited all my friends like you guys and and um jesse and the girls and and i hadn't been back to nashville since i'd driven away you know three years prior so it felt like wow i'm back and when i when i came back to nashville in october i just felt like wow i can go to the same restaurants now and i can i'm I, that's when i really knew okay you're healed you're good you you've got this Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. 
But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Wow. Well, because I saw you hanging out with Jesse James Decker, who's a friend of both bars, and we've all been friends for over ten years. It's been it's been a, it's just been wild to like be friends this long. <clears throat> um, but I saw you with Jesse, and I was like, oh my god, Rachel's back in town. Like I hadn't because I hadn't seen you in so long. And then we ended up going to a baby shower for our friend Jess Payne, who's having an amazing like miracle baby story, and it was so exciting to celebrate her. And I was so happy to see you in the flesh and blood. And I could tell that you, like, you just looked, like, well. And, like, you looked good and happy. And I was so, I was just so happy to see you and to hear your story. And to, the thing that I admire so much is that you have done the work on yourself. And so now here you are having the success with this show, but you are ready to, to share knowledge that's going to help other people heal. Because you've gone through something so hard, but yet you've really done work to heal yourself. And what a blessing to be able to share those moments and to have a producer who is so encouraging of, of that in such a beautiful way. Yeah, it was, I'll never forget, it was raining outside and, um, and Jason, you know, Jason's very sensitive with my story. You know, that's a, that's a really, really heavy topic to to talk about um, with a camera in your face. And I had never spoken of it, especially, you know, to friends and family, but I'd never spoken of it to anyone um, publicly. And so uh, it was raining and um, he's like, you know, 
tell us to just start talking. And I don't know what it was. I just started crying. And it's like this dark room and it's like seven o'clock at night, dark outside. And I've got a whole production crew right in front of me and I'm doing an interview. And I was like, you know what? This is my time to just tell my story. And I, I, it, it was like a three hour, um, therapy session really. And Jason looked at me and I looked at him and <laughs> the makeup ladies looked around and everyone's like, Oh my God, we didn't, ex we didn't expect you to talk about, you know, this tragic story. But, um, I knew that talking about it, it would obviously be on the show and the outpour of people that have lost a, a husband or a wife, or even, you know, girls that have just been like, um, there's a breakup that I go through on the show as well. Just people just gravitate towards people that are real. People don't want to see this perfect life. Like people fall in love with real people. And so I, I didn't want to be some bruised and battered, you know, Debbie Downer on the show, but like, I've been through some stuff and why not talk about it and help others? And my God, like I've bawled my eyes out reading some, a lot of my Instagram, uh, messages are just like, thank you so much for talking about such a, a tragedy. And it's like, and I'd never done that before. So, um, what a blessing is right to have that sort of platform and be able to really help other people. I know. And the fact that you, I, I, I hate that you had to go through tragedy and suffering and obviously like you, no one would ever wish that for anyone, but the fact that you're able to turn it into a healing moment and now you have this platform to speak about it. I mean, it feels like God's hand is all over this. To like use your voice, the, the voice that you have, like you've always used your voice to sing. And now your voice is here. You're feeling your voice again to write music. You're feeling free to express yourself again. You're feeling at home in Nashville again. And you're having this platform to share your story that is so painful and hard, but it will help so many others from your journey. And it's like, wow, how, how crazy that it's all kind of happening like this, you know, and you would have never wished for this or planned for it, but that you're having a moment to really help others. Yeah. Th this is going to sound really weird, but when I was like 15 or 16, um, you know, I'm about to graduate high school and kind of ready to, you know, get away from home and all that. When I had this, I always have had this weird feeling that, that I was going to have to go through something really horrible to really, cause we did grow up in such a different, a, a different way. Um, I kind of had everything at my fingertips as a kid, you know, yeah, I've, I know how to work hard and all that, but in a, in a sense, things were kind of handed to us as, as kids. And I knew to really be like a, the best woman I can be and the strongest and the best mother and wife and friend and daughter, sister, I'm going to, I have this feeling I'm gonna have to go through something really bad. And I don't know what that is. Um, at some point in my life to, to just kind of like, come to reality and, and really find who I am. And here we are, you know, having gone through all the stuff I've gone through. Um, but now it's like, I'm so secure with myself and I've got my friends back and my voice back and, um, this great TV show that lets me work with my family and that people are loving that, you know, we can help others with. It's just like, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life, just this sort of like, everything's come together, but it's been hell to get here. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't. It feels like you're in your moment. Tell me what it's like being with your family all day, every day, working with your family. Cause you grew up with Terry Bradshaw, one of the biggest football legends in the world. Like you said, you've had such a public life and 
having a superstar for a dad, I mean, that has to shape you in so many ways. But what is it like to be living with each other and working with each other as adults? One of your sisters is married. Or are both of your sisters married now? Did one just get married? Yeah, they're both married. Just, they're okay. both married. And I know you have like some nieces or a niece who's like the the love of your of Terry, your dad's life. <laughs> yep. Zuri so and um little boy is, is uh, Jebediah. Yes. So what is it like being in this moment that you've waited for your whole life, being with your famous family, having this famous moment, but it's more real than ever? It's, um, it's pretty amazing. I have not spent this much time with my dad since I don't think ever, to be honest, my dad's always worked so hard to provide for our family, which leads to him having to be on the road constantly missed holidays. You know, I don't really remember um, my dad ever being able to really be around all the time. And cause he's providing for all of us. So it is like the coolest, biggest blessing to be able to work every day with your dad and you know, Lacey and Aaron and, and the family and, and my stepmom and my niece and nephew. I mean, I never thought this would ever be even an option, but it's really cool. And the most special is really with, with my dad. Cause I feel like I'm making up for lost time. And I've also, I've been gone since I was 18 years old. So I've, I've missed out on a lot of time with, with my family who I'm a huge family person. And, um, so being away from them for that many years was very tough. And so it's like, it's really good um, medicine every day. And my dad is so funny and charismatic. So it's like, just, um, just like having that laughter back in the house. And I love it. It's, I, I, I love it. I hope they love it too. <laughs> what is the vibe of your family like? Like what, it, what are y'all, what is your daily vibe? What do y'all talk about? What do you guys like to do together? What are your hobbies together? What is a day like with the Bradshaw Bunch? We always, we're huge coffee drinkers. So we always wake up and we go to the kitchen and it's kind of like we try to solve the world's problems and all go around the table. Um, we're a very Southern traditional family. So we um, kind of always have the same routine, but we all love to go fishing. Fishing is like our love language. We all go fishing all the time. Um, the boys all smoke their cigars and um, at night, uh, my, my brother-in-law is a really amazing chef. So he's always cooking us these amazing meals and then we'll get some wine out. Um, we're just a chill family. We don't, I mean, my dad, like you would think we have these like super elaborate lives. We don't, we go to the ranch and we hang out there all day and we see the horses and ride four wheelers and, um, go fishing. I mean, uh, we're not huge travelers. Like We'll go to, Lacey and Noah live in Hawaii, and so we'll do a big Hawaii trip every year, but um, it's pretty chill. Lots of laughter. Okay, so <laughs> and lots of pranks. So y'all are pranks? We're huge. Jokesters? Like, who's the biggest jokester and prankster of the family? Tammy Bradshaw. My stepmom, and it's on the daily. She will pull, oh, this is absolutely hysterical. The other day, she sends him to the grocery store, him, this is like during Christmas, him and my uncle, um, my dad and my uncle, and she sends him this list and they get like all the basic stuff. And then she added at the end, um, seedless strawberries, um, um, all of these, oh, uh, diet, diet Coke, like all these things that don't even exist. And so 
She calls him like they they were gone for like two hours. She calls. She's like, "Are you guys okay?" He goes, "We can't find Diet Diet Coke. There's no. Where are the seedless strawberries? I don't. I've never heard of that in my life." She's like, "Oh my god, it's a prank. It's a joke. Are you that dumb that you you still haven't caught on?" He's like, "Tammy, I gotta go." I mean, they were literally going around Kroger trying to find all of these items that don't even exist, and it was just like um, unsour cream was another one on the list, but. It's just stuff like that. She's so funny. You think that that's the key to their marriage? Just, just keeping that laughter and that joking energy around all the time? 1,000%. I ask them. They've been together for 20 plus years. And I'm like, do you guys ever fight? Have you ever even had a fight? I mean, they're, which of course everybody has fights and stuff, but um, laughter, they both tell me, they're like, you have to be best friends. Dad's like, when she walks out of the room, I want, I want to be next to her. Like, I don't want to be away from her. And that's to me, like the recipe to a really healthy marriage. Laughter, man. So how do like when, obviously it's a hard time in the world right now. We're all feeling it. How, sometimes I get swallowed by all the suffering and the pain and all the, all the things that are wrong with the world. How do you stay in laughter and in this state of the world? Like how, what are some tips that you can share with all of us who are feeling this heaviness? Like how do you maintain a daily routine of staying happy and light and laughing? Yeah, this, I think this past year obviously really tested a lot of people on your own, your, your psyche, your emotions, you know, trying to stay positive. My God. I mean, um, I, I have my moments. I have moments all the time where I um, get really upset or really sad or super down, especially with what's going on. And, um, and I feel guilty sometimes cause I'm in a really good place in my life and, and I feel guilty being really happy, especially right now. And I don't, you know, I'm still trying to work through that, that, uh, feeling of guilt, but I, every single day I turn to the things that make me super happy. I love to cook when, when, and get off your phone. I've, I'm trying so hard to, to stay away from the phone for a minute. Like, you know, get a book out, go outside and like appreciate a good sunset. Like I, those are the things that I'm, especially through all this therapy that I was talking about earlier. Those are the things that I'm learning to appreciate that really make me happy. The other day I put my AirPods in and I walked around just around, I live on a ranch. I walked around the pond and hung out with the cows and listened to all this like inspirational music. I haven't done that since I was a kid, just really like digging into my own mind. Um, but doing things that just make you super happy that aren't on your phone. That's not a movie really kind of getting back in touch with, um, the world is, is for me just, made um every day super healthy and happy how do you not get so does that because sometimes i fall into the spiral of like checking social media and comparing my life and feeling like i need to do more to keep up or this person's doing that and maybe i should be doing this and then you feel guilty or bad or that person is like such a great mom or that person has this going on or whatever do you ever fall into that spiral because that is to me the most unhealthy part of social media there's so much great that you can do with it but like it really it can really mess with your brain. Social media, I'm telling you what, I have gone down a rabbit hole. One day, um, this was a couple years ago, I was on my Instagram for probably four or five hours, 
comparing myself to others, my body to others, um, the fact I'm not married with kids yet and all of my friends are married and with children. And you think that that, I mean, I was literally in, it was a, a minute I was comparing myself on the daily and it was ruining my life. It was, it was making me depressed, unhappy, even though I'm in this great spot, that doesn't matter. You're going to have days that are negative days or moments that are deep negative moments. Um, but I, I like, that's so dangerous. I'll look at, I'll look at another girl on Instagram, some bikini photo. And I'm like, golly, I need to, I need to crack down on my, how you I, I got to go eight days, eight times this week, you know, and it's just unhealthy. And, um, we all do that. All, all of us do that, especially being, I'm 33. I don't have kids yet. I'm not married. Like you think it doesn't bother me, but I've talked enough with friends and family and read like so many inspirational things that that's everyone's number one piece of advice. Do not compare yourself mm -hmm. to anybody else. Cause you know what? There's people that are also looking at your life that think you have it pretty damn well. And you're looking at their life and you're like, I want your life, but then they want yours too. It's super discombobulated. I, I just, when I catch myself doing that, I just, I literally shut my phone off. It's just so unhealthy. I agree. And I, and I think that now we all are aware enough that this is a cycle that happens with everyone. And it's so unhealthy that like being out here in Texas, like I literally try to just barely check my phone. Like I obviously I love to talk about my podcast on my Instagram and I do like to keep up with people on Instagram, but I just cannot go down the rabbit hole. It just, it's not good for my brain. And I want to live like Tammy and I want to be funny and laughing and like, I want to be crack, cracking jokes and like, I want to have fun and have like that kind of energy instead of just heavy energy that I picked up from looking at social media. Yeah. We, and we're all guilty of that. Just digging in. God, my God, Instagram. It's, it's like the worst, best thing ever. It's made people's careers, you know, all of that stuff. But my God, you know, even in a romantic relationship, you know, um, dating and all of that, you're, you fought like, who do they follow? What photos do they like? I mean, us girls can really dig deep and <laughs> in, into some stuff. It's, it, it's psychotic sometimes just like how, um, the brain works, especially as, as a woman, I'm, I don't, you know, it, just the comparison and the looks and half the, the people that you see, they don't look like that in person. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And I can't imagine, um, you know, when I have kids, I'm really going to make sure that, that they stay off social media as much as possible. I don't want my kids growing up with eating disorders and comparing their, their lives to other kids. I just, that's scared. I'm so freaked out about that. I know. Cause we can feel the effects of it as adults, you know? So it's even harder for our kids. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, Rachel. God, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of like everything that you've done for yourself. Like what a journey you've been on and how amazing that you just had the courage to dig deep and really find out who you are. Okay. So tell me if you had to describe yourself in three words now, what would those words be? Ooh, by the way, that was really sweet. Thank you. And this has been a very therapeutic, amazing morning. Three, um, um, uh, strong. I'm very sympathetic. I'm a very, I'm very sim uh, sensitive. So strong, sensitive or sympathetic and, um, charismatic. I always want to be the one in the room that makes everybody laugh or everybody smile or, um, just entertaining. Wow. I feel like you have such a piece about you now. Like the fact that 
this reality show is happening for you now, it makes perfect sense to me because it's right when you didn't want it. Like right when you weren't looking for it, you were actually kind of upset about it. You know, you didn't go try to hunt it down. You didn't fly to LA to try to meet with an agent to get something going, to help your music, to do whatever. It's like you were just kind of living your life under the radar and here it comes, coming for you. That's why you can't escape your destiny, right? What's meant for you? Isn't that funny? And, and now it's like, the more I was like, I'm not a singer, I don't want to be on TV, blah, 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 blah. And then this fell into our, our lap and I was, yeah, I was mad about it. I'm like, why now is this happening? Now that I'm like over it, why in the hell do we not have all the things I've dreamt of and I'm pushing it away. And it's just, it is God's way of saying, hey, you, this is what you are meant to do. And you, you are a singer and you can write music. You also can finally really fall in love because you know who you are and you can have a camera in your face and talk about the deepest, darkest things in the world and help other people. And it's like, whoa, I did not know that all this would, this was ever going to be even, you know, a possibility for me. So it's really funny how, how that works. Wow. That is really amazing. I am I am really inspired by you, Rachel. I am like truly, this has been such an inspiring episode. Thank you for coming on and sharing with me. I always wrap up with one question, which is leave your light. And what do you want people to know? I want people to know that don't ever, don't ever give up on yourself. Doesn't matter what someone says about you, what you go through, what you don't like about yourself. We all have insecurities, but don't ever give up. Go back to being a kid again. Those happy, those moments where you're just on like, you don't, you don't know what the darkness is in the world because you, you're a kid. Go back to that place that made you want to be the best mom or the best singer or you know the best writer. Whatever you want to be, Like, don't ever give up on that because I have and it's a really um, – I did give up on myself and I was okay with really just settling in my heart. I was like, I'm just going to settle because that's the safe way to go, but um, don't, ever, don't ever let that go that light inside of you. Dang, Rachel, you are awesome. Wow, thank you for coming on here. I really, this was such an amazing Thank you so much. I'm so This was amazing, thank you. So happy for where you you. are in your life and what you've done with your life. Like really, it's truly awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. This was um, very, you inspiring me as well. And this was very, I've been listening to your podcast for the past (laughs) five years or however long you've had it. And I, I've always wanted to be on here. So this is so much fun. I'm so glad you're here. And it's crazy. Like I have not felt inspired lately. Like I literally feel like I'm in a COVID funk, like just sort of for the past year and a half, like just, you know, I became a mom, which I love more than anything, but that's like a rebirth of who I am. And it's like who I was versus who I am. And then COVID hit and the world's upside down and things that used to matter don't matter. And sometimes I just feel like, what am I even doing? Like, I feel like I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. Do you, I mean, I just, so I'm so glad that you are inspired by me sometimes because sometimes I feel like, what am I, what's the point of any of it? I don't even understand what my purpose is right now. No, you have no, in fact, um, I was just, I was going to text mama Karen, but that, I have been listening to your podcast for a long time and I loved that one that you did with her. I listened to that maybe like two or three times. It was so inspirational. You have no idea how 
um, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, I, there's a, there's a lot of people who have been in a funk for a while. Um, but a good podcast and, and, and great inspiring interviews will save someone's day sometimes. So just know that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on here and being a guest who will share your heart. And cause sometimes I'm like, is it too like, are the store, are people feeling, I don't want people to feel like I, you have to come share like the, the struggle, but like everyone has struggles. So really like we need to hear the struggle and then the redemption of the struggle. That's how we know that like we can move on because not every day is a rainbow. I mean, it's just not. No. And it's so to hear someone be so vulnerable and be like, Hey, look, I have literally been through the worst hell in the world or felt the worst about myself. And here's how I got out of it. But yet I still have those moments. Like just be real, being real with people. There's, we, we have no clue how many women and men will, will listen to our stories. Sometimes I'm like, who cares about my story? Like who, like, I'm not that great, but then I, I talk about it or, you know, help someone's day. And that's like, wow, you know, a lot of your interviews are so inspiring because it, it's amazing to see people rise out of the ashes um, when others are still stuck. And they're like, how do I get to this next level of happiness? Because I'm still in my funk. And what can I do today or read today that's going to help me? So you're awesome. I really needed this episode. Like I really, this was very inspiring for me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so glad to have reconnected with you in the physical form recently. And now to have had this combo and I'm just so proud of you, Rachel, you're doing amazing things with your life and thank you for sharing and helping others. You're awesome. And I hope to see you much more. Thank you so much. I hope to see you in Nashville very soon. Yay. Okay. Well, have a great day. All right, girl. You too. Bye. of popping the question diamonds direct has an offer you can't miss this month only buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at two thousand dollars imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once no one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.